Hey everybody, welcome to INE Live. I'm your host, Katherine Brown. Today we're diving into cloud with INE's newest cloud instructor, Dr. Melissa Harris. We'll jump into details on that in just a moment. We are so glad you're here with us today. First, want to get to a little housekeeping as we do each time we stream here on INE Live. I want to let you know that we are streaming live right now across social media platforms, including LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Be sure to like and subscribe on the social media platform you're using so you can stay in the loop when we go live. And we, of course, want you to get involved. Talk to us. Talk to others. I love to see the chat. Jump in the bearded IT dad weighing in with a woot woot. Love it. Our team is monitoring chat. If you have a comment, drop it in. If you have a question, do us a favor. Put a cue at the beginning of those questions so we can find those easily. And we'll get to as many as we can today. I know we're going to have a lot of great questions today because we have Dr. Melissa Harris with us. She is an AWS instructor here at INE based in New York City, and she's had a very, very interesting career path. We'll dive into details, but I'll just give you a tease, earning a PhD in neuroscience from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, then somehow found her way into IT and cloud computing, so quite a journey there. Melissa worked at Amazon AWS for five and a half years as a technical writer, first and then in training, and we're so fortunate to now have her here at INE and with us on the stream today. Melissa, so glad you are here. Hi, Catherine. It's so great to be here. Um, hello, everybody. I know I can't see you, but I uh, hello. It's so, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Happy to have you here. So I know you just wrapped up your first course, and we're going to get um, kind of get into that. I know you had demo for us in a little bit, but um, my first question just from that, from that intro, um, how did you possibly go from a PhD in neuroscience to a cloud instructor for INE? Like, how does that journey track? <laughs> Uh, that's a great question, um, and really, um, the reason I'm here at INE is because Richard McLean wants me to conduct brain scans of our students as they're watching INE training so that we can look <laughs> at the neural correlates and the higher order memory structures in the brain. So that's actually why I'm here. The training <laughs> is just the front. Um, <laughs> Good to know. So you've all been warned. You've all been warned. You've all been warned. This is totally IRB approved. Don't worry. Um, also, that was a total joke. Um, <laughs> I didn't know. Um, no, I, yeah, I, in my uh, career, like I have, uh, I've had many intellectual interests. So neuroscience and uh, heart valves and, and learning about the circulatory system and, and cloud training. And, and, you know, like while my PhD is in neuroscience, I consider my expertise really to be in communications. And so, you know, it's, it's a really kind of crazy career path, but that's, it's kind of the common thread that in, in graduate school and, you know, I was really interested in uh, breaking down hard concepts for lay people um, and, and just trying to explain and make my research more accessible and understandable to, to everyone. And so I guess I kind of uh, pursued that and, and literally it, it kind of shaped my, my career. And so then I got into medical writing, same thing. and then. Uh, and just because I'm naturally curious about a lot of different topics, um, that's how I got into IT. Um, and, and, and again, it's just all because of my, my passion for, for writing and communications. So that's a long, you know, that's the short answer. Um, the long answer probably requires a lot of alcohol, but we don't have that, so. <laughs> we'll reserve that for next time. <laughs> <laughs> for your encore presentation uh, here on INE Live, um, no, that that that's awesome, and I think that um, you know, in talking with a lot of instructors, that is is one thing 
kind of a common thread that I've found is that um, really, really talented and, and strong instructors love that, um, that idea of taking these complicated concepts, whether it's in the medical field, whether it's in IT, whether it's in you know, something completely different, and, and, and breaking down those hard and challenging concepts into, into bite-sized nuggets and making it sort of easier um, for people to understand. When you were, I'm curious, when you were in, in the neuroscience field, do, were you interested in teaching in that field as well and kind of just shifted that over to the IT um, industry or, or were you planning to do something completely different? That's, um, <laughs> I guess like after graduate school, I, I just really wanted to shift gears and go into industry. And so I've always kind of had that focus. Um, but certainly I did consider teaching and I, I did enjoy teaching in, in graduate school when I gave seminars and things like that. But um, so, uh, but you know, it's like there was never in my, in my, in college and things that didn't prepare me for like the rich like world you know, it, like there I didn't know about corporate training for example like I didn't realize that was a thing and so it's just I, I kind of stumbled into it I'm really happy that I did but it was never anything that I like deliberately uh, I guess sought sought out but like I'm I'm just thrilled and I, I love it and and part of I guess what I you know part of what got me into this is I love connecting with people and and it's my desire like I love like I love writing I love creating training and, and courses, but it's, you know, when I became a trainer at AWS, it was really the desire to connect with our customers to understand, like get a firsthand understanding of what problems they're trying to solve, what are their pain points, and then trying to get that story to help them understand how to use AWS services better. And so that was really the driver for my decision to go into training um, formally and so then, but then I have like this desire to create as well. And I'm a designer and I'm a creator. So, and then this opportunity at INE came up to, you know, it's like they want someone that not only delivers training, which is great, but also designs and creates it. So I, I feel very fortunate to be here. Uh, we feel very fortunate that you are here as well. Um, and uh, T Tracy Wallace weighed in on the comments, heart valves, neuroscience, and cloud, the big three. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that, right? Everybody yeah, knows again, that. it's all part of Richard's master plan to have <laughs> IT training on a chip in our brain, so that's totally right. why I'm here. That's totally it. Um, so speaking of teaching, what what's your favorite topic to teach? You're obviously you're an AWS instructor. Um, is there is there a specific topic that you just you, you gravitate toward and just love teaching? I mean. You know, I've thought about this, but it, it's like honestly, no. Uh, like, I, I love, I love all of my courses. I love all of the topics, and it sounds like kind of like a BS answer, but it's genuinely the case that like I fall in love with every topic that I research and that I put together. Like, I feel like all of my courses, you know, whether it was at AWS, whether it's here, other, you know, like when I was in grad school, it's just like I love learning new things. And with cloud, I'm always learning new things. I'm always you know, kind of surprised at the breadth and depth of, of, of this area. And so, and I, I guess for someone like me, that's so curious, like I'm never bored. So I, I really fall in love with all of the courses that I put together. And so I, I know it sounds like I should be like, I heart networking, but then it's like, you know, <laughs> I mean, I do, but it's like, you know, it's like now, like, you know, I'm, I'm developing a new course and I'm finding this subject area um, really awesome too. So 
Yeah, I guess, no. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. You, you kind of fall in love with each as you're creating it. Um, I know you just, you mentioned networking. I know you just wrapped up your first course, AWS Networking. Um, it's a 10 hour course and, and first of all, congrats. Um, we're so excited that, that you have completed your first course here. Um, wondering if you could just kind of tell us a little about the course, um, what it entails, what it's about, at the high points for us. Sure, well, um, as the name suggests, it's about networking on AWS. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not Great name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but no, it's, it's really, um, it's really designed to get you up in building a networking environment very quickly on the AWS cloud. And so um, it's, it's covering things from designing a networking environment to building it and the different um, factors that are, are involved in that. And then once you've stood up that networking environment, then you want to look at, you want to start moving packets around because it, you're, you've created an isolated environment. So we want to talk about routing and then after that, we're going to be looking at how do we monitor network traffic and and also what um, uh, just connecting that environment to other networks and to you know, and what DNS looks like in the cloud and what content delivery networks look like in the cloud. So so that sort of thing. And what I'm not going into in the class is like setting up hybrid networking environments with VPN and things like that. So um, that was going to be saved for a different course. But anyway, so that's the gist of what this one is about. Yeah, um, I, I find it interesting that just it seems like more and more we're blurring the lines between these what have traditionally been, you know, isolated verticals, cloud networking, cybersecurity, and now it just seems more and more that, that the line is very blurry, that they're all so interconnected. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, 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 I, and I've, I've kind of addressed that a bit in the, in the course as well. So I, I've definitely, um, lever like, and so one of the, one of the amazing things about the INE platform, um, for real, is that uh, we have all those subject matter experts in networking, in in uh, in uh, cybersecurity, and and in cloud as well. And so, just trying to like draw on their expertise as I'm like building the the class is really that was really a lot of fun for me. And trying to um, you know get them to help me explain concepts and, and make it a more engaging experience for sure. Awesome, and Sir Pasha uh, saying they are already halfway through the course with a smiley face, so we're going to assume that they are loving the course, um, and and uh, yeah, love it, love it. Um, and I, I want to take this moment just to remind everyone, hang out, stay with us. We have a giveaway coming uh, toward the end of the show. We're going to get to know Melissa a little bit more, dive into a demo, then we're going to give away some, some fun prizes. So stick around, just wanted to, to mention that. Um, Melissa, as you're creating training courses and designing these. What's your fundamental philosophy? Uh, honestly, my fundamental philosophy is that the customer is first. And, and, uh, and really working at AWS, I think, really drove that home for me and it really um, reinforced that for me. And, and I kind of already had that tendency before AWS, but it really, I mean, their number one leadership principle is customer obsession, and so I've really taken that to heart. But it's the God's honest truth, and, and when you're developing, I don't really care what it is. I don't care if you're developing training for cloud computing, if you're developing, like, if you're creating a, a sweater, if you're knitting a sweater for someone or making a dish, it's like you always have to think about who is consuming this, who's using it. And so I guess, um, 
Annette is kind of the driving principle for everything that I design and, and cloud is no exception. And I guess it's particularly challenging with delivering training for cloud because you have people from all different backgrounds. Like, I don't know who you are that's taking my class, but, you know, and, and so it, it's like you might have 20 years of IT experience and you've pulled cables and you've racked and stacked servers, or you might be born in the cloud and have never racked or stacked a server in your life. And, um, and like trying to find that, trying to develop training with those different audiences in mind and what their backgrounds are is is really I guess challenging and and part of what makes it really fun because that idea that the customer comes first literally drives every single thing that I put into my class it drives what I say it drives uh, the graphics that I use the level of depth that I go into uh, it shapes of course learning objectives I mean absolutely everything so I, I suppose that is my guiding <laughs> my, my guiding principle for yeah. a lot, and it's like very verbose, but yeah. No, that, that's great. And, you know, just going back to, to your point um, of thinking about the end user and thinking about the customer and, and who is going to be consuming this. I know um, as you were creating the course, you, you went through a number of job descriptions and like actually took notes on exactly what, you know, these high profile jobs were looking for and implemented those, you know, demands into the class. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and that was one of the things, and, and just going through and, and trying to figure out, you know, like the purpose of the training is to help our students get jobs and to get their professional certifications, and so mm -hmm. a logical place to start to get that kind of information is to look, you know, to, to look, <laughs> to do this kind of research, this kind of needs analysis, and to understand, right, well, wh what are the job descriptions for a cloud engineer? What is it for a network engineer? What are the what's the overlap between them? What are the skills that, that they that they need? Um, so that was definitely what informed all of the learning objectives. Um, but there were a lot of other, you know, so that is first and foremost. Um, and then just, I have like a different philosophy when it comes to designing training, I guess. And I, I've really had the fortune of having really good mentors early on in my career that, that helped me with this. But um, the other design factors, I guess, is just making the, the content modular um, so that it's, you know, you could watch a video in 10 minutes on, on, your, on your break. Um, so really having that, it's, um, not and then you know it, it, that's good for a variety of other reasons as well. But um, also, I suppose um, just um, and like making the content engaging and, and like you know and so like figuring out the learning objectives, trying to tell a story, arranging everything in a logical order. Um, that's part of what I do. Part of what I enjoy most about being a about being a curriculum developer slash trainer. Um, it's that it's. It's um, again making the the content engaging, um, and I just so that's not like death by PowerPoint. Or anything. <laughs> you know, like, hate as much that, as everyone but, loves that, as much as everyone loves that. Yeah, but um, yeah, and so I guess, um, and then I, I suppose the other thing that really that I care about very much is in terms of the modularization. It's trying to 
get a few concepts across really well in a video and, and it's not like overloading people with information that they can't absorb and so I, I try very hard to make it digestible and um, memorable and and not flood the consciousness with a lot of like inf like too much information like I'm doing now <laughs> no this is this not <laughs> This is great um, because I think I think we're really getting a sense and, and a flavor of the class and, and some of the unique things that you bring to it. Um, I want to put just a, a pin in this conversation. We're going to get back to, to more about your course in a second, but we've had some great comments coming up and questions. So I just want to get to a couple of questions um, from the comments. Vineet um, asks, we have evolved from physical storage to cloud. Do you think there is or will be something that eventually replaces cloud? Wow, the future of cloud. That is... <laughs> Uh, I am, uh, that is a fabulous question. I, I'm not sure that I'm the right person to answer that. Um, I, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm sure that someday something will come along, but I think that, you know, a lot of the issues with cloud are really around security. Like, this is my personal perspective. I think a lot of it is, is going to be around security, and it, people aren't going to adopt it if it's not secure, if they can't figure that out and really solve those problems. And and I think, you know, so I, I personally think that that's, like, no, the number one thing that has to be in, in place. But, I mean, I, I am sure that, that uh, there are a lot of, there's probably a lot of really cool research that's being done that uh, is going to is going to you know surpass cloud someday but i'm not <laughs> well when, when you look at cloud right now i mean it's really just in its in its infancy I mean, we're yeah. so so early and there's so much potential yet to be tapped um when yeah. it comes to this to your point you know g g nailing the security um yeah. is is key to evolving right. it right Right, exactly, and especially as more businesses are going to the cloud, it's really essential that they meet those security requirements. And so, I think that's personally like one of the one of the subjects I'm most interested in in cloud research right now, or cloud computing. But um, I, you know, but I, I I love the question. It's just like I feel like I'm not sure I'm the right one to answer that. But thank you. Yeah, I think that I think that's great. Kamal uh, Kamal also weighing in. Wow, nice question. So uh, props to you, Vineet, for for the question. Um, another one coming in, this is from Suhail. Is there any cloud content coming up that's more geared toward pen testers? As we're talking about this, you know, these lines blurring. Yeah, I think that we're definitely going to be like working on security courses and things like that and, um, and working with PTA. So I, yeah, I don't have more information about that, but yeah. So stay tuned, stay tuned, Stay tuned, Suhail. stay tuned, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, I, 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 work on. I definitely want to work on that. So I'll yeah. All right, stay tuned. Don't don't go too far. Sign up for our notifications, right? Great. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah. To to get back to your um, to your networking course, right? Um, there are plenty of cloud networking courses out there. I mean, you can you can Google, you can you can find a million. Um, but there are some things about this course, your course. Um, that are very unique. So I wonder if you could just kind of delineate those. What differentiates this course from, from other networking courses? That is a wonderful question. Um, so there are, a few, there are a few things that come to mind um, about my course in particular. Um, first, like since the be very beginning, um, my colleague Brooks and I really 
cared about, like we really have a philosophy where we want to create scaffolding and hang concepts on that. And so you have like kind of a logical progression of concepts and, and, and everything builds on each other. And so when we were designing the learning path, we we're like, all right, we, you know, and he talked about security and infrastructure as code. And like, those are just kind of high level, but then, the idea was that we were going to take those concepts like, all right, you know what an IAM role is now, you know what an IAM user is. Now we're going to apply that in the context of our respective subjects. So like we're going to talk about IAM and security in the networking course or what IAC looks like and how we're going to deploy a VPC, but we're going to break this up into multiple Terraform modules. And, and like, so, you know, like rather than, I guess what I'm getting at is like, rather than having uh, a course that's like where, where IEC, for example, or monitoring is like its own subject, it's like we've embedded those concepts at the appropriate places within our courses. And I think that's one of the things that makes it very unique. Uh, I was, I mentioned um, just the modularity and the, and the precision of the videos. Um, I also, as I was saying, like I, I really put a lot of thought into like everything that I'm creating. So like if it slides, like every single thing, like I, like I don't believe in stock art and, 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 and crazy worded slide. Like I'm very um, deliberate in, in what I choose to put in. It's all custom. Um, and and I really put a lot of love into into my product, and so that's it's that's something I guess. Um, of course, like you know, like I try to add warmth to my training, and I you know call you guys my builders because you are. It's just you and me in the virtual uh, asynchronous learning environment. So there's that, and then of course my personality, and of course then there's my turtle Clyde. So you know, Clyde is like, he's part of all my demos just because I'm like, I like weird, I like quirky, and I try to keep it fun for myself too. Um, so you'll never see Clyde in, a, in another, in another. <laughs> <laughs> Clyde is exclusive to I&E. That's, that's great to know. <laughs> he's an exclusive contract. Yeah, but no, so yeah, I suppose. Um, but, and then, and then I, and then one of the things that I'm most excited about with the course is just, again, leveraging the fact that INE has a very, like, we have a very broad platform. And so mm -hmm. it's like, I can literally go and reach out to Cisco certified internetwork experts and then drag them into my crazy, uh, to my crazy world. And so, you know, which I, you and, do, and <laughs> I mean, right, right. Like fair point. Like Keith Bogart is in your, is in one of your courses, like. <laughs> Yes, but I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, I don't know another like training, like another networking course where like, like you're getting, you're pulling in a networking expert, CCIE, to talk to you about IP addressing. And it's like, and I love, I love how, and then with Brooks, I dragged him in to like talk to me about like IAC because he's like, you know, he knows everything about Terraform. So it's like, I feel like, I just I'm very lucky to like work with these amazing people and and I and I rope them into my crazy world and I, I think it's fun to have more interview styles so I've flavored the courses you know I, I've put some of that in not all of it but like you know there are several videos like that and I just think it adds a richness um, to the training that that you know I couldn't just give on my I mean 
I know I have a huge personality, but uh, <laughs> I, I really, like, I really, I think that having them in the course just made it fun and made it fun for me, and I hope it makes it fun for my students. And, you know, and, and you know, it's like I, yeah, I, I'm just going to stop there. We love your big personality. We love it. Hey, I wanted to get back to something. Tracy actually just pinged me. I know he's watching this. Tracy Wallace, a lot of you are familiar with him. Um, and he mentioned that, I don't know why I didn't, didn't think of, about this when, um, I can't remember who it was that asked about pen testing um, and the cloud, but we just dropped an awesome tool, um, AWS GOAT. And so we're going to put up a link on our socials about that. This is a, a, a really exciting new tool. We just debuted it at Black Hat. We were all a team of us out in Las Vegas. Um, last week debuting this and and essentially it's a realistic training ground for AWS exploitation techniques it's um, it's intentionally vulnerable so we're gonna put up a link to that I don't want to get too deep into that because we can go down a rabbit hole there and we'll just we'll we'll end up like six hours later still talking about this so um, just wanted to drop that there though Tracy thanks for pinging me on that we're gonna drop links to the uh, to the training and to the blog in all of our social channels so I uh, just wanted to mention mention that really quick. I want to get you another um, couple of questions over here. My mouse froze. Hang on a second. All right. Um, so Edmundo asks, what should be a good training plan for someone who's historically, who's been historically hardware, Cisco-based environment, and now more needing to work in a hybrid physical AWS VPC, AWS outpost? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got like I think that my course is a really good place to start to start learning that um, for sure. And like I said, I'm not covering hybrid networking in in my course right now, but definitely that's a course that I want to be that I that I want to develop. And so um, I, I suggest <laughs> I'm not trying to. I mean, I am evangelizing my class, but for <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I am actually. It's a very good place to get to get started um, with that. Um, but I know it can be. Um, and I, I do have you in mind because, you know, it's like I have talked to, you know, <laughs> I have talked to Cisco certified engineers and everything and they, and, it, and it's like they have questions. It's like, okay, well, we have this box and, you know, this router and we have cables and I'm connecting to, you know, and I, I'm using serial cables to connect to the Cisco console and everything and, and it's like, but with cloud, like, where is all this network traffic going? Not, not too clear on this. It's like, it's not a physical box that I can, you know, I can't just take the server off of the rack and troubleshoot if there's a problem or some security issue. It's like, where, you know, where is all this traffic going? And so, like, it's definitely, I feel you. I feel you. And so I feel like this is, a, my course is a good place to get started. Awesome. So, so kind of to piggyback off of that in, this, in the same vein, um, a LinkedIn user asks, since cloud service provider specific knowledge is important, how do you think we should approach managing a multi-cloud environment? Gosh, that's a, that's a good, how do you go about managing a multi-cloud environment? Yeah, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a fabulous question. Um, very carefully. No, I, I don't mean to be a jerk. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, I, I don't have a good answer for you right now about that. Um, uh, I'd have to think about that. But I'm sorry. All right. We will, uh, we will work on that, maybe circle back to that. But um, thank you for the question. You guys are popping on the questions today. Really, really good, thoughtful questions. 
Um, yeah, I love them. And, and like we are, like this whole learning path that we're designing is, is a multi-cloud learning path. So like, you know, Brooks and I are developing the AWS um, engineer portion, but uh, we are, you know, Tracy is also working on the Azure side. So we are like keeping that in mind um, as we're building all of these courses. Um, so you're going to get the flavor of, you know, of the different cloud uh, service providers and, and what they offer. And, and, and so I think I, I love your question and I, I definitely wish that I feel like it needs to. I feel like we need to address it well um, in in, the, in our in our courses um, and explain that. And so, thank you for your question. Awesome. Uh, getting some some a lot of people very excited about AWS Goat on the comments. So that's awesome. Hope you guys can can go check it out. Um, also, uh, a lot of jokes about lions, tigers, bears, rats, other all other sorts of animals up in here. <laughs> it's an animal chat today. Um, hey, Melissa, as you were, um, as you were creating this course, um, I imagine there had to be some really funny stories or, or like things that you didn't expect, right? Because for every, for every project that you embark on, there's always things that, that happen that just kind of come out of nowhere. Any particularly interesting or unexpected stories that you have from, from your time creating this course? Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I, uh, it came up when I was uh, creating the DNS, the DNS videos and uh, trying to explain like, what DNS looks like in, in the cloud um, domain name service. And, and, and so I wanted to do a video um, where I was going to show students how to create an alias record and map in order to map a domain name to uh, to an s3 bucket that was hosting a website and so I had registered a domain name in my own personal account and that's what I was going to use because anyway uh, and uh, and I uh, was really excited about this idea but I'm like you know it's my personal account and um, and I should probably like run this by my team and so I was like in telling Brooks and Tracy and Tracy's like, wait, what's your domain name? And I was like, Tracy, it's um, insert inappropriate, um, most like not inappropriate, but insert, <laughs> like, insert, cheeky, insert cheeky website, you know, uh, domain name here. Um, wouldn't this be hilarious? And then he's like, uh, that's, that's not work appropriate. It's funny, but you're not doing that. So. Uh, no, so I can't. So anyway, then I went to like demo.ine.com or something like that instead of uh, the one I'm using for my blog. Um, but anyway, so that <laughs> happened. Did not think about that, but I'm glad that I thought about asking my manager before I did that. <laughs> well, as, as someone with a, with a hand in marketing and public relations for INE, I appreciate Tracy pulling you back on that one. <laughs> Like, cute, but no. <laughs> cute, but no. That, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not going to go there. No, that, that's awesome. And I know, I know that you, um, you have such a great rapport with the team. You, Tracy Brooks, um, I, you guys work so well together. You are you're three of the most fun people to hang out with. And conversations between any of the three of you are always like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> yeah. Surprise! It's, it's, you never know what we're yeah. 
<laughs> All of a sudden, Brooks is like under his desk or, you know, <laughs> whatever. It's like, it's, it's, it's fun. You guys have a good time, and, uh, and, but we can see that coming through. We, Clearly, you all, all three of you have a, have a huge passion for teaching and, and for the industry, so um, that's really awesome. Okay, so I want to actually turn it over to you right now because, and I would, I'm just going to say, I would give a little hint, if I were you and I were watching this, I would pay attention right now if you maybe want to win a prize later. I'm just giving you a hint. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to you for a quick demo of one of the labs that you created. I know you created um, several labs for your course, um, but this is this specific one is on creating a VPC. So I'm going to turn it over to you and let you kind of demo this. Okay, yeah, sounds good. All right, so are you able to see my screen? Oops. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. So in this, so I'm going to demo uh, creating a VPC with Amazon VPC, and so, um, and I've already fired up the lab, but um, so I just kind of want to point out some things. So this is going to be a, a really simple lab to get you started creating a VPC on AWS, and and I really love um, the interface actually for these labs compared to other. Um, lab interfaces that I've, I've worked with. So first we have an overview where you can see, you know, get an idea of what the scenario is, what the learning objectives are going to be, and then I always try to include an architecture diagram for you so that you understand what you're going to be building in the, in the lab. So there's that. And then we have the tasks, which I have left kind of open-ended. And the idea is that you're taking this, you're doing this lab after you watch my videos. So you have an idea, you know, I'm gonna be showing you how to do it. And then you're gonna be going here and you're gonna be doing it yourself. So I've left the tasks a little, like now I don't have a lot of guidance. I'm kind of like, assuming that you've watched some things that you can figure this out and then if you want though then there are solutions where i have like the detailed uh step-by-step -step instructions for you if you really get lost in the weeds which i hope you don't so there's that so then when you start the lab i've already started the lab like i said but you select the region and so this is going to open up and you sign the agreement for the AWS Cloud uh, Playground Terms and Conditions. And so I'm just going to log in. But um, if you notice, I am in the AWS Management Council right now. So I am in a student account. So this is, you know, as you'd expect, like, you are not using your own AWS account, you're using one that we provide to you. Um, so that is, um, you know, so that, that's new for, for our cloud courses that we're, we're creating. Um, and so thank you, engineering team, for, for helping get that um, going. And so um, the first thing that I have you do in the lab is figure out what are your subnet ciders? Like, so you need to figure out your cider blocks. And, and, um, and so you're gonna be creating a VPC. So we're gonna go in here. And, and I'm just gonna walk you through some of this, I'm not going to go through the entire lab with you, um, but I am just going to give you a flavor of what you're going to be doing in the lab. Um, so we're going to create a VPC. I don't know. I like this interface better. They change things around all the time. But of course, I'm going to name this Clyde's VPC after my turtle. And, and uh, 
I'm not going to give you the answers in this in this demo. I want you to figure out. So I'm changing the cider block and everything here for my VPC. Um, so I'm creating the largest VPC possible in AWS. And I created that. And then we're going to divide this into subnets. So we're going to go over here. And I'm going to select Cloud as VPC. Like one. I'll put it in US East 1A, cider block of 10.0.10. So I'm just going to quickly set this up and explain a few things after I go about this. So then I will create I'll create a second subnet that I'll call private one, same availability zone, and then I don't know if, uh, so I'm based in Manhattan and, and uh, the reason that's relevant to this right now is that if you can hear um, crazy music going on outside, um, <laughs> welcome to New York. Um, <laughs> so I'll explain things. So anyway, in, in the uh, first step, you are going to figure out, um, let me, because I can't, I can't type and talk at the same time apparently today. Um, so in the first step of the instructions, you are going to be figuring out these um, spider blocks to your subnets um, on your own. But here, um, I'm just going to say create, and then AWS goes ahead and creates it. So now what I've done is I've created an isolated environment in the cloud in multiple avail across multiple availability zones. So in a few in the course of a few minutes, I have literally created a highly available networking environment. Now, this is a completely closed system. And even if I have another VPC in this account, which I do the default VPC, I, they don't talk to each other yet. It's, it's completely isolated. So it's isolated from other VPCs in this account, from other, from other AWS accounts, from other, you know, from anyone on the outside trying to get in. And so that's the first thing. And so then I have to go and open this up. Um, but in the lab, what I want to do um, is a. Uh, Sort and so I need to enable. So what we're what I'm going to show you how to do is create a public subnet. So in order to do that, I'm going to simply go ahead and enable auto assign public IPv4 address. So we see how to do that. Uh, so I need to do that for both. So that what happens here is that any resources I launch are going to have a public IPv4 address, so they're uh, publicly addressable. But literally, like, what I did in a couple of minutes is for, like, what, what would take weeks to do in an on-prem environment and, and, getting, and getting servers in and racking, stacking them and drawing cables and, and all of this stuff that I have never done. But I know that you've done it, <laughs> experienced people. And so it's just, like, to me, it's it's kind of insane to like i feel like i just have so much appreciation for this technology because it's like my life is so much easier it's like when i was in the lab and it's like yeah i know back in the 80s we were purifying antibodies on a column and then when i came around it's like oh yeah we could buy labeled antibodies and like use them to stain tissues and stuff it's just like blows my mind like the progress 
So like, all right, anyway, that was a crazy story. I'm not sure why I wanted you to go down that rabbit hole with me, but there you go. So now we're going to start, you know, so we have this isolated environment. Now we want to open it up. So we're going to create an internet gateway. And again, Clyde's IGW. Create that. So now we're going to attach it to a VPC, Clyde's VPC. So an internet gateway is the component that you need to allow traffic it's the two-way door between your public subnet and and the internet but your subnet isn't isn't public yet so we need to create a route table and we're going to call this public route table we're going to um, associate it with Clyde's VPC create that and then we need to update the routes in our route table. So like right now we're looking at a route that just allows packets to flow within the VPC. Not very interesting if we want to connect to the internet, for example. So then we need to add a route. So we're pointing all IPv4 traffic to the internet gateway that we just created. We're going to save the changes. Guess what though? Our public subnet is still not public. The thing that we labeled public. So we have to associate this route table with our public subnets. So here they are. I'm going to save that. And now, now when we go to our subnets, let's check out private um, or public one. So now when we go to this route table, we see that that subnet is now associated with the route table that has a path pointing all traffic to the internet gateway. And so it's because of this, this is what AWS calls or considers a public subnet. So that is that and then um, you know in 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 the lab I'm going to have you go and create a NAT gateway so that you can allow your private resources to connect with the internet as well um, but so that's something and then uh, but I'm not going to do that here let's just let's just test this out um, so let's create an EC2 instance so we want to go in here we're going to launch an instance and I'll just call it server for lack of uh, I don't know lack of something alright so then I'm going to create a key pair Clyde's amazing KP so I'm creating a key pair so that we can SSH into our EC2 instance um, so then I'm going to change the network settings again select his VPC and oh, it would help if I put in the public one in it. So now you can see that um, that it has uh, an it has a public IPv4 address. Um, so then we're going to put it in a security group. Um, and so I'll just call it um, Web SG. And so and then in the course too, I talk about security groups and these being. Um, stateful firewalls that if you're allowing traffic to come in that traffic is automatically allowed to go out so i'm going to be breaking that down in the videos as well but you're getting um, experience creating that here um, so then we're going to allow ssh and H, uh, http traffic and so i mean and, and you can see that i'm breezing through this rather quickly but you know this is unlike setting up a router on premises and configuring firewalls there. I mean, this is, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm doing this um, fairly quickly, but it's just, there's just, this is something that I, I really want to drive home mainly for the cloud native folks that this is something we really take for granted, but this used to be like really challenging and would take a long time to do. And I'm just um, going through this here um, uh, from anywhere. So, right. So I'm allowing SSH traffic from my computer. I'm allowing HTTP traffic from every, from anywhere. And because this is going to be a web server, let me see, let me put in a little, um, bash script that will turn this into that will turn this into a web server and then I'm going to say launch instance and here and like and another thing it's like I literally have a server that I just spun up and and it wasn't weeks of waiting around for uh for you know for weeks waiting for approval to order a server um, and to spec things out. It's like it was, I, I just created this in a few clicks and that's pretty, pretty incredible. Um, so no procurement cycles and all the things that they talk about. Um, so that's, so that's pretty amazing. Um, so now while this is pending, another thing that you're going to be learning in the course is um, how to use reachability analyzer within um, VPC. So this will help you establish a path like so you could help you can use this to help you troubleshoot your connectivity. So here, um, I just want to say EC2 to um, IGW. So I want to test that there's a path from an EC2 instance to the Internet Gateway. I'm going to choose EC2 instances, my web server for my destination. I'm going to choose my Internet Gateway and then Clyde's Internet Gateway, and then create an analyzed path. And so this is going to run, and it's going to, and we're going to look at that in a moment, but it's going to tell me if I, if I, what the connection steps are um, in that pathway. So now, um, if we come back to the EC2 console, we see that our web server is running, and I'm going to copy the public IPv4 address, and I'm going to paste that in. And it's going to take a minute because it hasn't uh, passed the status checks. That's still initializing. But I guess I'm hoping that you're getting a feeling, like if you are coming from the on-prem environment, I hope you're getting a feeling for um, how easy it is to do things in the cloud and get up and running. And so these are, these are the things that you're going to be doing in the class, in the labs. And um, I hope that you enjoy that. So let's just see. All right, that's still not up and running, but maybe this will be. All right, so then it looks like we have a path here. So if we look at the analysis explorer, we see that our UC2 instance is connecting through the Elastic Network interface. So that's kind of like a NIT card on your on your EC2 that has the MAC address that holds a public IPv4 address. Then it's going and connecting to the security group, then to the network access control list, which is your stateless firewall. So that's going to be checking packets coming in and out of your network. Then that traffic's getting routed to the route table that's associated with that subnet, and then finally to the internet gateway. So if we come back, hopefully, man, I do not understand. I have a path. <laughs> I have a path. I'm not sure what's going on right now. Um, still initializing. Dang. All right. Well. Anyway, not sure what's happening here, but that uh, 
that is what you're going to be doing uh, in this in this lab. So, yeah, that's that that's live stream for you, right? <laughs> it's not a real live stream unless something goes wrong. <laughs> right. So I'll stop sharing, but yeah. No, that's I think that's really enlightening, and 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 to your point of just drawing the distinction between what you can do on prem versus how easy it is to then to then do it in the cloud. Um, I I I think that's very enlightening um, for a lot of people. <laughs> I'm just going through the comments. There there's some great ones. Bob Bob, Dr. Melissa dissecting the cloud. Yes, we love it. Go Melissa, go. Good presentation team from and up. Um, awesome. Uh, so. We thank, first, thank you for that demo. Um, plenty more where that came from in Dr. Melissa's AWS networking course. Um, we want to get to what we have long promised you, a prize. Melissa, you have a, a bit of a trivia question for our viewers here. First one to answer, by the way, wins a $50 Amazon gift card. We will send it to you immediately within the hour. So um, go for it. All right. So. If you're paying attention to my demo, what is it that makes a public subnet, what is it that makes a subnet a public subnet in AWS? What makes a subnet a public subnet in AWS? You went over that, you explained the answer very clearly. First person to, uh, to weigh in with the correct answer across our social media platforms right now uh, wins the prize. Krunal, Dave, writes E-G-W-I-G-W. Internet Gateway. Almost. Almost, almost. Uh, Snahal writes, let's see, VPC, Edmundo, IGD, IG, I cannot say that for some reason. Internet Gateway Connection. Mr. is on something here. Mr. Seven, enable public IPv4. IPv4? Yep. Um, is that it? He, yeah, it's it's uh, having. I think he gets the he. Uh, you get the uh, first. Uh, yeah, it's having a path pointing all traffic to an internet gateway in the route table, and and associating that route table with the, with the public subnet. So, Mr. Seven, enable public IPv4 with the win. We're gonna that, give it to yeah, him. Yeah, definitely is necessary too. But it's when it's when you have a path in the route table pointing traffic to the internet gateway, but associating that route table with your subnet. That's what makes it public. It's All not right. going to be public unless you have that association. So. OK. Yeah. All right. So, we, we, so we're, we're, are we going to give the prize to Mr. Seven? Is that, are, we gonna, are you going to call that the winner? Um, I, Mr. Seven, um, I was actually uh, thinking that uh, Vineet uh, Sadawari with the route table. Oh, Vineet, Vineet. Okay, Vineet yeah. Satawari with the route yeah. table. That was the key. Okay, all right. That was key. That was there we go. So we're going to give it to Vineet Satawari with the route table. That is what makes a subnet a public subnet in AWS. Congratulations. Contact us at, uh, let me see the email address that we are sending you to. Queuing up my, uh, bear with me for just a second. Let's see. I'm sure that our social team will be putting it in all of the, uh, all the feeds. Social at INE.com. Shoot us an email there. Uh, let us know your email address, Vineet, and we will get that $50 Amazon gift card out to you pronto. Um, thank you guys all for, uh, for weighing in there. And stay tuned because we're, 
We're doing lots of fun giveaways on INE Live. Um, hey, we're, we're going to wrap this up, but quick before we go, um, Melissa, I just want to uh, ask what are you working on next, right? You've just wrapped up this AWS networking course. What is next for Dr. Melissa? I am currently working on an AWS storage course. So that is my project that's underway. All right, and any, any fun surprises coming down, the, uh, coming down the pike for you? Probably, but I'm not going to share them yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. We'll save that one for the encore as well. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for being here, and, uh, and thanks to the audience and all of the, uh, all the people on chat for weighing in and, and making this a really fun hour for us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Catherine. I, I really enjoyed um, you know chatting with you, and I enjoy everyone's questions. And uh, I guess you know, I in case I haven't driven this home enough, uh, as a trainer, as a curriculum developer, it matters. Your feedback matters. So I want to hear the good, the bad, the ugly, what you love, what you hated. It, it, it you know, I take it all to heart, and I really want to use your feedback to drive my to drive improvements in my courses. So I appreciate any time that you take to give me your feedback. It, it really means a lot to me, um, and uh, yeah, and I just want to make sure that's the best training available. So thank you so much um, for your questions and for your time. Yeah, we do love the feedback loop here at INE, and if you're familiar with us, you know that we we. Uh, really prioritize that. We value it, um, place, place a huge uh, importance on it. And we love to hear the good, the bad, the ugly. So keep it coming for us. That is going to wrap up today's stream. Thank you so much for watching. If you missed it live, you can look for the replay across our social media channels and on the INE website. We are going to be live again tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern for a special Raspberry Pi build and giveaway with our CEO, Richard McLean. This is going to be a really, really fun show. You're not going to want to miss it. Be sure to like and subscribe on the social media platform you're using so you can stay in the loop for details on that next stream and notifications whenever we go live. We'll see you next time. Until then, have a great week.